Travelling Tunes with Dr Kirsten Zimke. Morena Kirsten, how are you today? Hello, hope you guys are excited. I am. I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to Chilean rock. <laughs> ready to rock and roll. <laughs> now, I'll tell you why this is interesting. So, when you think about Latin music, right? It's these sort of drums and, you know, booty dancing and lots and lots of percussion. But Chile was kind of always the outlier that really, I mean, obviously there's diversity everywhere, mm. but they really sort of well-crafted the rock genre, you know, as opposed to some of the, you know, other more what you would call, air quotes, Latin music. And it's been their thing that they're known for. That's so cool. I'm going to just hit the first song, because I think we might as well set the scene. <laughs> well, as you can hear, this is 1972. Um, Los Jaivas. Oh, hang on, I'm playing the wrong one. One Yeah, second. I was going to say, this is a little electronic There we go. Vibe shift. Vibe so shift. The other one was, yeah. Los Jaivas. This is who we're listening to now. Mira Niñita. So they are a big prog rock band because in the 70s, and they're considered the, one of the most important bands, well, the most important rock band in Latin America, all of Latin America. And so they far, sort not of, very rock, but I'm getting the prog. Yeah. I like this. That's a beautiful vocal. Yeah, the lead guy, you know, is a, is a character too, and people love him and adore him and lots of his work. And so it's prog rock, you know, and just like anywhere else, they love, you know, the Beatles and, you know, all the American rock. But they also incorporate indigenous music from their region, the Andes, and the Andes, uh, you know, that's that big mountains, that's Chile, and Andes folklore. Um, and, you know, and the politics, the local politics and what they're doing. This is and they, amazing. They just had their 50-year reunion. I was going to say, this is an amazing song to have been released in 1973 because it sounds very fresh. This so is they the... were like hippies, you know, they had, a, you know, like a Woodstock down there. Um, you know, really sort of captured some of the same stuff that was going on in America, but reflecting it. Like um, the poet Pablo Neruda is from Chile, so mm -hmm. they use his poetry. Oh, true. So it's, you know, they really you know, have enough of their own stuff that it's their own, but yet they're also doing rock. Well, this song isn't. This is in the, the prog end of their rock. Yes. <laughs> Well, you can hear the sort of Spanish guitar. Mm. Um, and then they famously left the country in 1973 uh, um, and spent the next 15 years in Argentina because part of Chile's history is this really awful dictator, Pinochet, in 1973 to 1990, propped up by the United States, of course. Mm. Um, because they want to keep out any whiff of communism. And it's just, he was an awful, dreadful, horrible story in human history. Um, and so all of Chilean rock also is sort of integrated with this, you know, historical, you know, yeah. element of, of their country. Well, there you go. 
sort of hear the indigenous music mm. with those guitar strums and then also sort of have a Spanish style as as well as you know being kind of psychedelic in its evolution here this song totally Flutes. this is beautiful so I mean I'm imagining they're quite political perhaps if they're, if they're bringing these elements all together into sort of a big melting pot I'm imagining absolutely and that's they're thinking why, through art they're thinking through poetry that kind of thing yeah and that's why they did spend you know a yeah. big chunk then of their 50 year career now outside Chile sound like what you would as us as outsiders would caricature as Latin music you know no yeah I know what you mean it's not it's not uh, the Western world's perspective of Latin music yeah. yeah so it was quite different than what other South American countries were doing now by having it be more influenced by psychedelic rock than totally rock. Now, this is very beautiful, but it's also very long, so I'm going to oh, yeah. pull us into the oh, song no, that I accidentally started playing earlier. It's meant for a hippie concert. Okay, so this is 1984, Los Prisioneros, and so this is sort of middle-ish end of Pinochet's reign, and so when they come out with this sort of punkish music, it was hugely rebellious. Um, you know, hugely political, like, you know, thinking about people in England talking about Thatcher. These guys were talking about, you know, hundreds of thousands of missing people and mm. imprisonments and censorship and executions and, um, you know, heaps of human rights violations. So the, the punk protest is taken, you know, this is, this is a lot more dramatic. So what, what were gigs like? Were there gigs? Was this a scene, I'm imagining... An underground scene, because if you yeah, are... these guys were underground, yeah. and so you know, getting this generation because '73 to '90 is a really long time. These, you know, these guys really appealed to the young people who, for the first time, would be like, "Oh, you mean there's something outside this?" You know, because yeah. they've been grown up in this more closed space. Um, and so, yeah, they're um, these guys again, really important in this whole sort of story about Spanish language rock music and you know, and Latin rock music. Um, but yeah, they you know really appealed to you know really important for a lot of young people at the time that music, and again, for them, it, it's also you know it, it's not romantic Latin music, mm -hmm. it isn't folk music, and it isn't you know that sort of rhythmic Latin music. It's, you know, it's a real statement that they're making, and it was distributed in cassettes. I don't know if any of your listeners remember what those are. Oh, they're still going strong, but maybe in a more sort of collectors. Collector's space now. Uh, and one quote says they inspired a nation in crisis to dance. Yeah, this is pretty hard to not like. Both Zoe and I are doing some serious toe tapping here. It's true. This is a great. I mean, this this is also, I think, a good example of how um, you know, if you're not sort of listening to music outside of the English language, you're missing out on a lot of stuff yeah. that sounds yeah. as contemporary, maybe even more interesting than bands that, you know, were coming out at the same 
post-punk moment, perhaps. And the same as, you know, what we would have in, in New Zealand or, or UK, you know, they liked reggae, they liked rockabilly and punk, you know what I mean? How it was a mixture yeah. of, of all the things bubbling up at the time. They loved the clash. Yeah, both Los Jaivas and Los Prisioneros are like really iconic, really mm. important on this scene. So like, it's really good we're mentioning that. Oh, this is not a breakdown I was expecting. I mean, yeah, they're obviously really fine musicians. You know, like they're doing the punk. Let's not sound like we're doing much, but they're obviously totally. And I mean, that's the thing that, as you say, bands like The Clash were doing as well. Like you can hear the the sort of influence of reggae maybe almost in this yeah, or something? That's right. Yeah, that's right, the more black music. So. Yeah, so these guys were considered the voice of the youth, you know, during this dictatorship. Um, really difficult period for that country. What is that And they were on an independent label, you know, and the music had a raw, more raw sound. What's that yes. instrument that was making the noise? Yeah. <laughs> Is it a synthesizer or is it a, a violin or something? I imagined it being like a really crazy violin sound. Or accordion? Yeah, maybe it is an accordion. I feel like I could play that on the accordion. <laughs> <laughs> but That's how you, it sounds when I pick one up. But would you think to play that on the accordion? That's the That's real right, question right. there. All right, let's listen to our last group. Different again, totally different. And so this is, okay. you know, then the next decade, this is post... Post, post. Yeah, post the Pinochet era when people were more free, return of sort of more economic liberalization, uh, democracy, um, access to sort of Latin era MTV, which again would play more of that more rhythmic Latin music. Um, but these guys did a, a lot of serious topics, um, also incorporated sort of Chilean folklore, and I guess people call their music grunge, sort of indie rock. You know, for, for that community. Yeah. Well, I was thinking this is kind of... It's got more of the sort of, like, rockabilly influence, perhaps, but it, it yeah. does sort of remind me of some Pixies tracks, maybe, almost. Yeah, there was some play around with these sorts of sounds, wasn't there, in that era? And again, when you think of what you would think of Latin music, you know, and I remember we Shakira and all that stuff, this is just so different from the sort of Latin oeuvre. Did this, did this music have any sort of, like, international reach? I guess there'd always be communities who are aware of it, but was this charting anywhere, even in, in well, Chile, in, or, or did it just oh, sort of absolutely. exist within I mean, the communities? 
No, no, absolutely, all over uh, Latin America because there, what, it was such a small rock in Espanol is what they call it. I'm calling it Latin rock, but it was such a sm small thing that obviously rock fans all over South America are Spanish-speaking rock fans globally. Um, and in the United States, at some point, they added like Latin Grammys. Oh, and yeah. So I think, if not this group, but you know, one or two other Chilean rock groups, you know, would get Grammys. So definitely got noticed, maybe not always in like in big, big charting, but massive concerts, big tours. Yeah, because they just weren't getting this kind of rock from, uh, you know, yeah. in some of the other South American countries. So this is Los Tres with La Torre de Babel. Yeah, Los Tres just means the three. The and three I'm, guys. I'm guessing that La Torre de Babel is the Tower of Babel, is yeah, that correct? Yeah, Tower of Babel, yeah. iconic groups. So if you meet anyone from Chile, you can show off now that, oh, yeah, Los Jaibas, Los Tres, Los Pizaneros. <laughs> and they'll be like so impressed. Excellent. But, you can use that at a party. That's right. That's right. How to impress Chilean dates. <laughs> uh, where are we going to be going in the world next week, Kirsten? Well, I got inspired by a meme thing that's going around at the moment where some guy is an Italian singer singing in fake English. Oh, um, what's his name? I remember the song from my mum showing it to me when I was a kid. Yeah, um, so I thought I'd find some more gibberish I <laughs> love to cool. hear it. Okay, excited to hear about gibberish next week. Thank you, Kirsten. Have a okay. good one. We'll see you then. Right. That was Travelling Tunes with Dr. Kirsten Zimpke. Ka hoki